You shouldn't travel to a certain region of India. There are people there who want to kill you. Reverend Kumar and a team of gospel workers heard that very warning that their lives were in danger if they preached the gospel in a particular place. But some of us ventured out to go there because we need to love the people, we need to share the gospel with them. We were not sure whether we'll come alive from that gathering that particular day. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help right now on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Welcome again to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My name is Todd Nettleton, and we are in the studio in Bartlesville, Oklahoma today with a special guest from India. Reverend Kumar is a part of Good Shepherd Church of India. He is also a part of the All India Christian Council, and we're going to talk a little bit about what that is and what it does. Kumar, welcome to Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you very much, Todd. It's wonderful to be here. Tell me a little bit about All India Christian Council. I understand that's a group of Christians from all across India, all across denominations. Tell me more about it. Okay, that's correct, uh, Todd. Uh, All India Christian Council is a movement which consists of around uh, 4,000 plus churches, organizations, Christian associations, individuals all across the country which came into existence uh, as a direct result of persecution which broke out in India in the year 2000 or so. We are currently uh, all over the country in every state. We have bodies and uh, leaders part of the network. Our primary aim is to help the persecuted church. We are there to serve and help the church. So that's our primary goal and purpose of All India Christian Council. What does persecution look like right now? And is it different in different parts of India, or is there a pretty uniform level and type of persecution, or how much does it vary from place to place? I would say in different places, it's in a different level and different kind of ways is taking place. Some parts of India are experiencing much more than the other parts of India. For example, North India, persecution is prevalent in the northern part of India right now. Maybe one or two pockets in southern part of India as well. For example, the state of Karnataka in southern part of India, where I come from, there is an ongoing persecution already. Persecution varies from like harassment of an individual Christians to burning of churches, burning of Christian literature, Bibles, and so on. Even violent physical attacks on Christians, on pastors, like, well, for example, we have a statistic which says that in the last six months, we have officially recorded, AICC, All India Christian Council has recorded, two pastors have been killed, martyred. So we have a record of various incidents of persecution. So that's what India is experiencing right now. Let's say I live in a village in northern India where the persecution is, is most severe. Right. And I... I grew up a Hindu, I grew up in a Hindu family, and yes. I somebody comes and tells me about Jesus, yeah. and I choose to follow Christ. Right. What's going to happen to me? Mm-hmm. What, what does the persecution look like for that, that 
Hindu who comes to faith in Christ. If a person from especially from a Hindu background or a Muslim background come to Christ, usually what happens is that particular village may ostracize the person and send the person out of the village or sometimes uh, as we hear the stories the family members themselves will start persecuting uh, if one person come to Christ. So these are the typical ways of persecution which take place in uh, some of the villages, remote villages in India even today, particularly in northern part of India. So the the first level of persecution is usually even your own family, right. your own village. It's not like you know the provincial government or, or some government authority. It's your family. Correct. As you talk to Hindus and Muslims about Jesus, how do you prepare them to face that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, usually in our package of sharing the gospel, we also hint them that if you come to Christ, it's not going to be everything fine. It's not going to be the bed of roses. You will face persecution. People will oppose you, your own family members, your community, your village will oppose you. So we kind of prepare them ahead of time as we share the gospel with them. I have seen it uh, many times even when I went uh, with some evangelistic teams going around sharing the gospel in different parts of India. We have seen many direct oppositions like attacks. I, I remember a uh, few years ago, I went to a particular area outside of the city of Bangalore in southern part of India. This particular uh, area is known for a very strong uh, Hindu militant belt, like, you know, opposing the gospel. I remember we were sharing the gospel, we were around five, six of us gospel workers. We used to call it as open-air preaching. As we were sharing, suddenly 40, 50, you know, young people just descended on the scene and started uh, attacking us, snatching the Bibles and burning the Bibles the gospel package, the New Testament, and so on. We literally ran for our lives from that spot, I remember. They were even pelting stones at us. We got uh, hit and so on. But taught today in the same area, by God's grace, Good Shepherd Church of India, we have nearly 30 churches planted. Wow. Yeah, in the same location. So this is what God is doing. God is at work. In the midst of persecution, the Church of Jesus Christ is growing exploding, and the cross and the gospel is advancing. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Reverend Kumar. He is from Good Shepherd Church of India and also the All India Christian Council. Kumar, as you tell that story about literally running for your life, yes. what, what was going on in your heart and in your mind when you're running for your life for mm -hmm. preaching the gospel? I remember very vividly as uh, we were facing this uh, physical opposition and attack, I almost thought I'm going to die there. <laughs> yeah, because uh, that particular area was very, very dangerous. We were even warned that we shouldn't go there. But some of us ventured out to go there because we need to love the people. We need to share the gospel with them. We were not sure whether we'll come alive from that uh, gathering that particular day, but God saved our lives, spared our lives. And here we are uh, witnessing for his glory, for his protection, and his church is growing there. And uh, who knows, uh, many of the members who are worshiping Jesus Christ in these 30 churches, 
probably would have been part of that gang which threw stones at us. <laughs> yes, this is God at work in our nation. The, the story of Saul becoming Paul That's is right. still going on Absolutely today. Absolutely right. Yes. As as part of the All India Christian Council, I know you guys, as you said, you you study persecution and you monitor the different attacks. Yes. What what's happening in that regard? Is it getting okay. better? Is it getting worse? Right. Uh, Tell a little bit about what some of those studies are showing. Uh, sure, Todd. Um, All India Christian Council did an extensive uh, report of the last six months, and we studied it carefully. And uh, one of our uh, leaders, who is the national administrator, he did a report on the last six months. To our shock, comparatively with the 2017, where we saw last year, the attacks were on an average every week, three or four incidents, violent incidents of attacks. Whereas first, last six months report indicates there is an alarming growth and increase of persecution. So we have recorded it. I currently do not know the exact number, but definitely every day, Literally every day, 24 hours, there is an incident of attack taking place for the last six months. So, And we talked about the fact that the, f- the first level of persecution can be the family, yes. can be the local villagers. Correct. Is there also, though, kind of a national coordination of yes. these attacks? Where is that coming from? Yeah. Um, sadly, uh, even though India is a democratic uh, country, even though the constitution of India guarantees you the freedom of religion, Article 25 of Constitution of India gives us the freedom uh, for an individual to choose whatever the religion they can follow. So the article very specifically says you can profess you can practice, you can propagate whatever religion you like. That's the Constitution of India saying it. But unfortunately, as we have noticed in the country, the radical groups, you know, they just come and uh, they attack and that attack goes on. It's a well-planned, meticulously implemented attacks unleashed against the church, I would say. So we have seen it growing. So it's a very sad trend. And uh, All India Christian Council has made some extra efforts to meet the government officials. In fact, last year, we as leaders, uh, including our founder of All India Christian Council, we organized a seminar in the capital of India, New Delhi, where around uh, 800 top Christian leaders from different denominations had gathered. We invited the Home Minister to come as a a chief guest, and he did come. So he assured us, he promised us that he will look into this. And our hope is that we will continue to interact with the government officials, ministers, so that the persecution is, first of all, brought to their notice and it will be addressed. So that's what we are hoping and praying. Now, you mentioned the fact that the Constitution says you have freedom of religion. Correct. But I also know that some of the states have passed so-called anti-conversion laws. So you can't change your religion. Right. How how do they balance those two with the Constitution saying one thing, but the state law saying something else? Yeah, uh, sadly, this is a a very unfortunate uh, 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 incident happening in India. Yeah, you're right. It's a democratic nation. The Constitution gives uh, uh, the individual the freedom of religion. 
but there are some states who has like very strictly implemented what we call as anti-christian laws or anti-conversion laws rather uh, which says that you cannot openly convert a person into another religion in fact i have seen one particular copy of it the anti-conversion uh, laws paper it says that if you want to share the gospel with another person you have to go and meet the local magistrate six months ahead of time <laughs> and record it, register it, saying that you want to share the gospel with such and such person. Otherwise, you will be penalized and you will be fined and so on. So this is very unfortunate. Some of us feel that this particular anti-conversion laws is kind of directed towards Christians, actually. In fact, eight states of India right now has this anti-conversion law in place in the states, actually. So, yeah, so I'm sitting down with somebody yeah. at a coffee shop, right? and I pull out the Gospel of John yeah. and share it with them and talk to them about Jesus. Yeah. In one of those eight states, I could be arrested for that? There is a good possibility of it. And they could come back and say, well, wait a minute, you were supposed to talk to us six months ago <laughs> about this conversation you were going to have today? Right, right. You can, you can see how that's clearly not promoting religious freedom. Yeah, you're right. See, that's what the paper says. In fact, like I, I remember early days, uh, we used to freely share the gospel on one-to-one. -one. We used to liter uh, uh, distribute the Christian literature, the New Testament, the gospels, and so on. But uh, not anymore in the country now. It has become so highly sensitive. Even yesterday, I was uh, reading an email from one of the states in southern part of India, the state of Telangana, where a uh, few believers, uh, as they were sharing, as they were distributing, they were just chased by the Hindu radicals. So the country is becoming highly sensitive, thanks to the extreme groups who are kind of, you know, perpetuating and encouraging such violences, such uh, false propaganda against the Christians. It's sad that they have still this misconception that, uh, you know, Christians are forcibly, with fraudulent mean, converting people, which is not true. It's a baseless allegation. Uh, sadly, they have the misconception, you know, Christianity is a Western religion and, you know, so on. So, uh, these are all mostly misconceptions. So, All India Christian Council, we make some extra efforts to make people understand have the dialogue with some of these extreme groups, and uh, that is going on. So we need prayers for that. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Reverend Kumar from the All India Christian Council and from Good Shepherd Church of India. So, Kumar, you mentioned these laws. You mentioned the fact that people aren't going out as openly as they used to. Correct. What are they doing? How is How are Christians evangelizing under these kind of oppressive laws and the threat of persecution. Right. Generally speaking, we interact with the Christian leaders on our future strategy, how to go about it and so on. Generally speaking, preaching the gospel, it has to be done on one-to-one -one basis. Friendship evangelism would be the best way to just share the gospel with others. You cannot do any open-air preachings. You cannot publicly distribute Christian literature anymore. It has to be very low-key on one-to-one -one basis. So that's the situation in the country right now. And are, are Christians responding to that and changing their tactics? And 
still ministering or are there some that are kind of falling back like oh wait a minute we don't want we don't want trouble we better not do this well uh, you have a mixture of both these groups uh, everywhere so india is no <laughs> exception uh, generally speaking uh, all india christian council is definitely making an effort and uh, sensitizing the christian community to be extra careful these days and not to voluntarily invite trouble very much follow the rules of the state all right but yet god gives the wisdom to share the gospel boldly on the other hand so we have to keep a fine balance i suppose is there a certain part of the gospel that that really appeals to the hindu heart is there something that that is consistent within hindus that come to christ some part of the message or part of the gospel that really grabbed them the lord jesus christ is the only person who gave his very life as an atonement for the sins he is the only one being god emptied himself and died for the sinners no other religion probably has that unique way where god expresses his love for uh, human kind so that is the uniqueness of the gospel jesus christ being god died for sinners that's the gospel amen mm. are there some stories of of christians in india who have faced persecution even recently mm. that you can share with our listeners to to encourage us to to inspire us but also so that we can pray for what's going on right now in india absolutely as you are asking this question tad i i i remember a friend of mine in the state of karnataka in southern part of india near the city of bangalore pastor victor pastor victor is a good friend of mine and uh, we we sometimes meet and share and pray together pastor victor became a pastor of the current church which is pastoring because his uh, elder brother who was the original pastor the first pastor of the church was killed by the uh, radicals uh, around 5 years ago so he took up the challenge of taking over the church even though it was highly risky when we encouraged pastor victor not to just continue there it's a risky place you just come out uh, be safe and secure but he said my brother wanted to start a church here and we want to continue the good work he has left so pastor victor is still continuing there uh, in the midst of persecution threatenings attacks and what not but he is there standing firm for jesus so this is a classic example of the persecuted christians in the country in the midst of persecution they they just stand firm yeah yes there is an ongoing persecution yes there is accelerated attacks but uh, the christians the church in india they stay strong solid and uh, continue to witness for jesus I'm inspired by someone who you when you say why don't you come out? Yes. Why don't you come someplace safe? Right. And they say no. Yes. God called me here. That's right. I'm going to stay here. Absolutely. What a powerful witness. Mm. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Reverend Kumar. He is from Good Shepherd Church of India and also the All India Christian Council. Reverend Kumar, as we finish up we always like to leave our listeners with ways to pray. Right. So we're going to encourage our listeners this week to pray for the nation of India, to pray for the church there, 
to pray for the wider outreach ministry. Right. Help us know how to pray. Kind of coach us on the the ways we can pray for India this week. Right. Thank you, Todd. Indian churches, Indian Christians definitely need prayers uh, as never before because persecution is real to us. Please pray for the physical protection of Christians, especially in the volatile areas, in the resistant belt, that uh, God will continue to protect them, keep them. Another challenge we have, another prayer request I would like to leave is, as the churches are growing, exploding, uh, we need uh, pastors uh, who are trained in, in, in God's word, in the scripture, so that they will continue to firmly stand in the midst of persecution. So that's one of the biggest challenges. Uh, pastors needs theological training, training in the word. And uh, like our ministry, Good Shepherd Church of India, we are involved in training the village pastors, the lay leaders, uh, you know, in a short term on-the-job training. So training is another important area where we need to keep praying. The third uh, prayer request I would like to leave is, uh, please pray that uh, God's word, the Bible, we desperately need. Many of our believers are still crying for it in the remote part of our country. So we are committed to just to take the word and distribute God's word there because uh, it's only the word of God which can strengthen the believers in the midst of persecution. Amen. So these three requests I would like to leave with you. And I know that the Christians in this part of the world, especially in America, they care for Christians. They are involved in global mission. We want that to continue to happen. And I'm sure the Lord will bless the efforts of the church here to bless the global south. Amen. Let me ask you, because you mentioned the training of village pastors. What, yes. What does that look like? How does that training work? Do they come to you? Do you go to them? Is it a little bit of both? How does it work? It's a little bit of both, Todd. Sometimes we go to the pastors in their respective areas, gather them together and train them. And in some advanced courses, we just get them to our uh, regional offices or our headquarters and uh, do the training as well. So we have these uh, two, three types of training. It all depends on the areas. And so how long of a process is it for, say, a young man steps forward and says, hey, I feel God is calling me to be a pastor? Yes. How long of a process is that training? Typically one year, one year diploma course in theology. Four years, we have graduation in theology. And then we have even master's of two more years. So these are three types of uh, theological training we are involved in. And how do you train them to face persecution? Yeah, in every area, as I said earlier, uh, as we share the gospel, we package it in such a way that we just uh, encourage them, strengthen them. In the midst of persecution, you have to just go on for Jesus, stand firm in your faith. It's a package. So in India, it's a special package of gospel with where we just teach and train them to stand against the persecution. It sounds to me like it's not, you don't take the persecution class. Yes. The persecution class is through all the other classes. Absolutely it's, right. It's everything. You're right. What a great blessing to have you here, Reverend Kumar. We will pray for India this week. Thank you for helping us to pray effectively, help us to pray knowledgeably. And thank you for your work and for being with us this week on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you very much. Uh, it's such a joy and privilege for me to have this assurance that God's people out here 
are praying for the needy nations like India. That's a big blessings and that's a huge boost to us in the ministry. Thank you, Todd. God bless you too. Well, you're welcome. And I encourage you, our listeners, to pray for the nation of India this week and share this episode of VOM Radio to get other Christians to pray with you. You can hear more interviews from believers in India when you visit us online at vomradio.net. Search our archives for other conversations about what the Lord is doing in that nation. While you're there, you can also drop me a note. Let me know how you're praying for India this week or what other nation you're praying for. Again, that web address is vomradio.net. You probably know that it's challenging to serve as a pastor. In fact, I hope you pray for your pastor every week. But imagine being a pastor in Sudan, where the church faces opposition and danger. Next week, we're going to hear from a dear brother who followed the Lord's call to be a shepherd, even when it meant tending a flock in prison. Please be back to join us right here on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.